You're listening to the West Side Podcast, a part of the L.A. International Church of Christ Family of Churches, worshiping God in L.A. since 1989. Welcome, everyone, to our Coastal L.A. Regional Worship Together. Um, really grateful to be here. My name is Steve Lounsbury. I'm part of the West Side Ministries, and we're super grateful to partner with our Coastal L.A. ministry staff and, and the whole uh, church family here in South Bay with the Marichis and Craigs and in Long Beach with their tremendous staff down there. Love the DeAndas and working with all the staff, as well as our Spanish-speaking ministries with the Politos and the Galvans. Uh, West Side is super grateful to be partners with all of you uh, on this special Sunday where we're really talking about our lead-up to changing this world. And we know the world needs changing, and we're in our missional season. And the title of today's lesson is A Power Known to All the World. And I'm grateful uh, to be a part of a church that cares about world missions. And we know there are needs going on right here locally. Uh, there's missional needs with the uh, lives of individuals and the call for great justice and great righteousness in our society. Uh, and the ultimate answer is going to be uh, coming out of Jesus and the Word of God. We are grateful that in the coast of L.A., we work together with Mexico and Central America. We support that work. We support uh, the Middle East work. And this year, we also support our work uh, in the Baltic uh, region of the world. It is uh, very encouraging to be a part of a ministry that wants God to be revealed and wants God to be honored all throughout the world. His power is available and it's needed now more than ever. Uh, the unrest in many of our hearts testifies to that need. As we begin, I want to talk about how God has worked throughout the world and how his power has worked. And I want to highlight uh, a hero many of us should know about, and that is a guy here named Simon Al-Hin. And he is standing uh, on Mount Nebo where Moses stood and overlooked the promised land. Behind Simon Al-Hin is the Jordanian desert leading on into Jerusalem. Behind him, that's the Judean countryside that's known as the promised land that Moses got to see but not enter. What's exciting is as a fellowship of churches, we've entered that land. We've built ministries there. We have a great church church in Jordan that uh, Simon uh, initiated many, many years ago after he was a graduate of college and uh, his family and so many of uh, the new disciples that are part of the churches in the Middle East really can harken back and go, wow, what a hero Simon was starting it in those days. We also are really excited to share that all over the world we're planting churches. We're a part of 700 churches all over the world. And I want to share with you guys, several years ago I had the opportunity to be a part of the uh, Middle East Conference. And here you see a picture of our Sudanese brothers and sisters at the Middle East Conference. And I'm there with, with Ken Chow and myself. Exciting to see that we're planting churches and have planted churches all over the world. We're truly a church that wants God's name known to all the world. And just a little testimony of what the kingdom of God looks like. Uh, take a look here in Egypt at the conference. Just uh, That's the, the whole swath of the conference. All the people that were there from many different nations. And, and I really think of that as a little glimpse of what heaven is. Just God's love and unity bonding people from all nations, all walks of life, all races. And we are a part of something really tremendous here in the coast of L.A. Uh, I'm really encouraged that we as a congregation actually 
uh, have supported work in the Middle East and in uh, Mexico and Central America for so many years, and God has continued to work in a powerful way. Our theme scripture uh, for today has been really a powerful scripture. It's a one that uh, really highlights the idea that God needs to be known in all the world, that he is the most powerful being, he's changing lives, and he will continue to change lives for generations to come. In Ephesians chapter 1, verse 18 and 19, we read, I pray that the eyes of your heart may be enlightened in order that you may know the hope to which he has called you, the riches of his glorious inheritance in his holy people, and his incomparably great power for us who believe. That power is the same as the mighty strength. And what we find is he says very clearly, God wants us to know his incomparably great power. The world needs that power more than ever before, and it's available. And we're all experiencing something foreign right now. There are unknowns. But there is something solid that we can know for certainty. If you have felt given over to doubt or despair or discouragement or depression, then I want you to consider, do you know the power that God has made available to those who understand the power of his son and what the power of the resurrection really means? You know, we certainly mourn with those who mourn. And we are to fight for God's will to be done on earth, to right the wrongs, and to fight for those who don't have those who will stand up for them. And the power of God is available to us through the spirit that's been poured out. And I want you to know today this incomparably great power for us who believe. And I want to ask you today, do you know his power? Do you know it? Have you touched it? Have you seen it? Have you connected to it in the middle of times of emotion and stress? Have you connected to it when you look across the globe and you understand that God is sovereign? He's truly sovereign. And He cares. He cares for each one of us in a powerful way. Do you know His power? God made it available to be known through His Son, Jesus. And we find here in John 1, verse 18, that no one has ever seen God, but the one and only Son, who is Himself God and is in closest relationship with the Father, has made Him known. We can know the power of God because we can know the life of Jesus. And for us to get to know it, we're going to need to delve into the gospel writer of Luke as he really is an incredible evangelist to help us see and peek behind the curtain of God's power by unveiling who Jesus really is. All the gospel writers attest to the power, but Luke himself speaks about the power of the Spirit and the power of the authority of Jesus working more than any of the other gospel writers. I want to read from Luke chapter 1, verse 1, right in the beginning of his gospel, where he says, Many have undertaken to draw up an account of the things that have been fulfilled among us, just as they were handed down to us by those who, from the first, were eyewitnesses and servants of the word. With this in mind, 
since I myself have carefully investigated everything from the beginning, I too decided to write an orderly account for you, most excellent Theophilus. The word Theophilus, of course, means lover of God, friend of God. And he's writing to his friend to tell him the truth. And it says there in verse 4, so that you may know the certainty of the things you have been taught. Luke's intention was that we would know the certainty of the power of the Son of God entering into human life in a way that we could connect with, understand, and imitate. He wants us to know with certainty. And today, I want us to really reflect on the power of God and understand that God, you see, is for us. You know, Luke goes on to write, he says, Glory to God in the highest and on earth peace to men on whom his favor rests. God is for us. And he wants us to see his power and know a power that transcends the hate of man. Power that is revealed in his infinite love, which culminates at the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus. Today, ask yourself, do you know his power, his incomparably great power for those who believe. In science, power is the rate at which work gets done. And Jesus is always working. So we are to work and reveal his power and establish his reign. You might wonder, well, why isn't everything fixed if he's already working? Because he's interested in the souls of men and women. He's interested in our lives, yes, here on earth and our lives for eternity. He is working amidst the difficulties that the human race is facing. And there are many of those. Do you know his power? You see, Jesus is the centerpiece of civilization. He is the truth. He's our ticket to transformation. And he can take us to total tranquility. He is our hero, our hope, our final freedom and our gateway to heaven. He is above all and in all and through him all things were made. He is the Alpha and Omega and he opens the door of life to the full. He moves mountains and parts seas. He heals the hurting and he overcomes oppression. And as Dr. S.M. Lockridge preached in a powerful sermon... He preached that he is the king of kings and no means of measure can define his limitless love. He's enduringly strong. He's entirely sincere. He's eternally steadfast. He's immortally graceful. He's imperially powerful and he's impartially merciful. And Dr. Lockridge asked, I wonder, do you know him? Today, I want to appeal to us to connect and know this power because we need it in our world today. And I want to look a little further at Jesus's ministry. After his temptation, we read in chapter four, verse 14, it says, Jesus returned to Galilee in the power of the spirit and news about him spread through the whole countryside. He was teaching in their synagogues and everyone praised him. 
You see, news about him spread because he was preaching and teaching the truth. And he was healing people. And our world is looking for healing. And it's also looking for the next big thing. We're always looking for the next big thing. And in that day, Jesus was the big thing. Well, I want to put before you that today, he's the big thing also. He's what we need to be focusing on. And people in our day have heard about Jesus, but I fear that they do not know his power. And his news did spread through the countryside. And today in the coast of L.A., I want to talk to you about the news of Jesus spreading along the countryside or coastline. And I'm very encouraged to announce that uh, the coast of L.A. is going to relaunch the west side as the west region. Uh, in L.A., for years, we had the west region, and it's uh, going to be an exciting new part of our ministry as we launch in the fall uh, a new region of the L.A. church as a almost a mission plant sending team of the coast of L.A. And I, I think it's encouraging to our faith to see that. And I want everyone to know that God is interested in evangelizing this world and bringing his justice to every community. And the coast of L.A. is in line with the spirit of God. Very grateful for the Marichis and their, and their mentoring. And there'll be more to come about sort of this transition as we enter into the fall of 2020. Let's look further in the Gospel of Luke. And I want to read here. From Luke chapter 4, verse uh, 16 through 21, really this is an exciting beginning of Jesus' ministry as he goes to his hometown and we find his power affecting different people in different ways. We read in verse 16, he went to Nazareth where he had been brought up and on the Sabbath day he went into the synagogue as was his custom. He stood up to read and the scroll of the prophet Isaiah was handed to him. Unrolling it, he found the place where it is written. The Spirit of the Lord is on me, because He has anointed me to proclaim good news to the poor. He has sent me to proclaim freedom for the prisoners and recovery of sight for the blind, to set the oppressed free, to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor. Then He rolled up the scroll, gave it back to the attendant, and sat down. The eyes of everyone in the synagogue were fastened on Him. He began by saying to them, Today... This scripture is fulfilled in your hearing. Wow. What an exciting time to be at church that day. Jesus comes in, reads Isaiah 61, which had been written six, 700 years earlier, and says, today this scripture is fulfilled in your hearing. Because he knew what he had been sent to do. And today I ask all of us, do you recognize that the power of God is sending us to do the same things Jesus was sent to do. Today, this scripture is fulfilled in your hearing. Do you believe that the power of God is upon those who believe and therefore the power to proclaim good news to the poor, the power to proclaim freedom for prisoners and recovery of sight for the blind, to set the oppressed free, the power to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor is true if we will embody the mission of God in our world today. And I'm grateful to be a part of a ministry that has done it for three decades. The L.A. Church has planted and sent for years. And Coast L.A., I want to appeal to you more than ever. It's, it's, it's not time to retreat. It's time to advance. And I'm grateful that we get to support our mission fields. And I'm grateful that our mission field is not just internationally, it's also in our very backyard. 
Jesus certainly wants us to change our backyard every bit as much as He wants us to change the world. And as we read on, in Luke chapter 4, verse 22, we read a verse there that says, All spoke well of Him and were amazed at the gracious words that came from His lips. Isn't this Joseph's son, they asked? Jesus said to them, Surely you will quote this proverb to me, Physician, heal yourself. And you will tell me, do here in your hometown what we have heard that you did in Capernaum. Truly I tell you, he continued, no prophet is accepted in his hometown. And he goes on and he explains to them that they are just like their faithless forefathers. They'd gotten stuck in the status quo and had become comfortable And in fact, Jesus, there's no record here in his hometown of any miracles taking place because they were skeptical and they didn't see the power that was standing in front of them. And he says, no prophet is accepted in his hometown. And yet Jesus wasn't done. You know, after they got riled up by him challenging them, they decided that they didn't like what he had to say and decided to drive him to the side of a hill to throw him down the cliff. And we read in Luke chapter 4, verse 29, they got up, drove him out of the town and took him to the brow of the hill on which the town was built in order to throw him off the cliff. But he walked right through the crowd and went on his way. You see, Jesus came to comfort the disturbed and to disturb the comfortable. He came full of grace and truth. He came with the power to change our world, and we got to get on board. He has established a kingdom that does not abide by the values of this world. And as we've seen in the headlines, as we see in not only international headlines, but especially this week, our local headlines, the atrocities and injustices that exist right here in American culture, and let me tell you, they exist all over the world. And Jesus came to rewrite the history books. He came to establish a spiritual kingdom, a kingdom where God's will is done on earth as it is done in heaven. He came to bring a power to inspire and challenge. He inspires the humble, but he will challenge the prideful and complacent who are not willing to receive his message and make the changes that he's calling us to make. Today, I hope that each of you can reflect on the power that comes from God. And in our day, certainly, Uh, As in the days of the early civil rights movement, you know, violence is not the answer, but the truth is. And the power of God brings healing. And the power of Jesus and his love can change hearts and change lives. Later on in Luke, we read very clearly that he comes to heal very powerfully. And I want to skip on down in Luke chapter 4 to verse 35, where he rebukes the demon who had been calling out his name. And he says, be quiet, Jesus said sternly, come out of him. Then the demon threw the man down before them all and came out without injuring him. All the people were amazed and said to each other, what words these are with authority and power. He gives orders to impure spirits and they come out. And news about him spread throughout the surrounding area. You see, he had the power to transform and heal. And that was his mission. And that needs to be our mission, to be those that uh, connect to the power of God to transform and heal our hurting and unjust world. See, the the demon-possessed man was a problem. 
And we've got problems in our culture. We've got lots of problems in our society. We've had them, and we're not the only one. And I'm heartbroken by the things that I've seen on TV. Uh, I'm heartbroken for uh, George Floyd and his family, certainly his family. Uh, I'm heartbroken uh, about the injustice that occurred uh, right on TV. That all of us see it, and it shocks us. You know, and I've, I've read, and I've been told that George Floyd was a God-fearing man. He's a God-fearing man, and as a nation, we need to be a God-fearing people. And we need to mourn with those who mourn, and we need to be about this mission that His power would be known to all the world. Jesus is the answer to transformation and healing. And I want us to connect to Him, because it's through the power of the cross that the hearts of man are transformed. The Apostle Paul writes, For my power is made perfect in weakness. And it is in weakness that God reveals Himself. In our frail, sinful lives, in our destroyed culture, Jesus reveals a mercy and grace that can change everyone. If each of us could see the power of the cross, we could be transformed. I know last year I went through one of the most difficult and um, traumatic experiences of my life as I injured myself at a L.A. staff meeting competing versus much younger ministers in a competition of a jousting in a big bounce house. And uh, my foolish, prideful self led me to great anguish with my lower back, ended up in the emergency room, and I compounded that with stress and doubt and fear. And for a week, I was in the emergency room. Uh, surgery was imminent. Turned out, I believe, through many of your prayers, through healthy knowledge of how stress can even create great physical uh, pain, and really through the miracle of the uh, surgeon who was going to do my surgery was not actually covered by the insurance, and the new one who was covered by the health insurance said, you don't need surgery. And just knowledge of that just lifted my spirits, opened my eyes, and as I began to gain uh, an understanding of the truth, I healed. And, and I learned so much from this time being in the hospital and being on my back and recovering. And it taught me you don't have to win in life. You don't have to be first in life. God's intention is that we would participate in this grand plan to change the world. And His power is made perfect in weakness. See, I, I want to participate in changing the world with my wife. I want to participate in changing the world with my daughter and with my sons and with my spiritual family and our faith family all over the world. I don't need to lead the way all the time. I want to be a part of something. I want to participate and let God train me even through weakness. And many of us might feel tremendous weakness right now. And I want you to look for the power of God working. What lessons is He teaching? You know, we also find an amazing thing that today, as we reflect on, do you know his power? I want to let you know that today's actually May 31st, which is, in fact, the day of Pentecost, which is when his power was poured out. And he had predicted this in Acts 1, verse 8. He said, but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you. And you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. And of course, in Acts chapter 2, he pours out the Holy Spirit 
on his apostles who then preach a message and 3,000 gather and 3,000 get baptized that day as they hear the message of the death, burial and resurrection of Jesus. They're called to reflect did on their own lives. Did they repent and were they willing to be baptized in the name of Jesus for forgiveness of sins? If they did, they entered into a family that was transforming the world and has transformed the world for generations. You know, today, as the day of Pentecost, each one of us needs to connect to the power of God. Each one of us needs to recognize that He's working. As we're going to take communion together, I want to close with this final verse, and that is 1 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 18, where He says, The message of the cross is foolishness to those who are perishing. But to us who are being saved, it is the power of God. You see, the cross is the power to change the hearts of men. And if the hearts of men were transformed, the injustices of our culture would be rectified. Connect to this love that would give everything for a lost and dying human race. Today, do you know the power that is known to all the world in the name and power and life of Jesus Christ? As we reflect on that, let's pray and ask his power to change us. Let's pray for communion at this time. Father in heaven, thank you so much for this opportunity to really reflect on your power. We want to know your power. We know it comes uh, through the life of Jesus, the inspiration of his life, the challenge of his life. We know we can be transformed and healed through his death, burial, and resurrection and through the inspiration of his example. Lord, I pray that as we take the bread, it reminds us of what he's done. As we take the blood, it reminds us that we can have a new start each and every day. Father, we thank you. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. You've just listened to the West Side Podcast. For more information about our ministry, please visit thewestsidechurch.com or laicc.net.